gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And right now, we are all praying for the health of our leader, the president, 4 5. There's been a lot of talk about him doing really well, really bad. We don't really know. What we do know is that it will cost a lot of money at the end of the day that we taxpayers are paying. Obviously, out of our taxes, but we figure why not do it the way the rest of Americans do it. So as a result, we're going to have a Kickstarter. That's right. <laughs> a Kickstarter to save the president. So right now we've got tiers, you know, you know, lowest tier, you get a MAGA hat, obviously, you know. But because we're blacks for Trump, we've got a special tier for you out there, for you MAGA, for you MAGA fans out there. You know, we like to call it the N tier. We will give you an official N-word pass. You know, one-time use can only be used on Malcolm X Boulevard and said to a black person. And when you do that, you bring out that pass and say, hey, Regent Stone says it's cool. And as a result, see, it's a, it's a multi-level marketing scheme because when they get punched, we do another fundraiser, get money out of that one, too. You see, that's there. See? Aha! Dude, I, I, I actually want to do this, Sam, because I, I feel like any type of fundraiser right now or like will actually generate money. Like, we could do this right now, and I could post it on Facebook, and we, we actually will get real money. Like, I, I, like dead ass. Yeah, no, if, if they don't believe in science, they will definitely believe a separate fundraiser to save the president. Like, like, I, I, I am so, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Uh, we'll have Kanye there. Paper. We will have Kanye there. <laughs> we'll have Kanye there. Man, imagine you're about to die and shit, and you're like Donald Trump, and then the Kanye Secret Service rolls up in the room. But I mean, look, I, it's, it's not a bad like tribute concert. Like Kanye and and like Daniel Caesar, you know, Chrisette Michelle. She got some hits. Chrisette Michelle, you know? that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> BB apparently, you know, had a little had a little incident a couple weeks ago. We could get, we could get, we could get a compilation album. There we look, go. Look, it's, 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 I look like all those people are wrong, <laughs> but it's not a bad. It's not a bad fundraiser. It's, a, it's, it's, not, it's a fun, not a bad fundraiser concert. We're like. we're it's, we're still it's still capitalism. We're still in America. The goal is to make money. Overall, these are morally bad, but objectively good capitalistic ideas. I think we can get paid off this stuff. I am not mad. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Anyway, we 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 spend way more time talking about this fool than we need to. Um, <laughs> motherfucker went out and got COVID and infected like half of DC. Yes. Um, I mean, come on, son. Um, but, but, but anyway, mostly the bad half. Mostly the bad half. That's a positive. Mostly, mostly bad. The bad. No, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, not 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 like you know the cool DC, like the the DC that wear masks and shit, like yes. the, you know those motherfuckers who are like from Utah and shit. Yeah, um, exactly. As far as we know, Wale is fine. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it's just a GOP. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Anyway. Oh man. So uh, <laughs> it's been another interesting week in music. Um, so we got we got some things to talk talk about. We got some topics. Um, there. Are, <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry that 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 made my day that joke. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> look. All right, let me let me. Let me I'm, I'm going to center myself. Center, we'll center myself. So, we'll, I, uh, I, I will I, I will start off. Um, okay. I, I will help out. It's, 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 let's talk about. We are continuing the same topic. Let's talk about more white people. Pitchfork. 
Uh, pitchfork. So Pitchfork decided to, you know, after after the black boxes, you know, remember I remember those black boxes. A lot a lot of media decided to look inward and realize what was missing. So Pitchfork put an article out there, you know, very well written article, you know, basically talking about, you know, what does it mean to be a black indie artist. You know, what trials do you go to? What tribulations do you go through? Basically just showing how the industries, the indie, specifically the indie industry, is in all industries, so actually it's all industries, but specifically in this case, the indie music industry, is unfair towards black artists. And, uh, you know, they put it up there. I read it. It's really, really good. I'm going to look up the guy's name now who wrote it. You know, just great, well-written article. Except everybody read it, probably had the same conclusion and realized, but wait a minute, is this you? And truthfully so, if anybody's defined any music since the turn of the millennium, it has been Pitchfork. And if anybody has been actively ignoring black indie artists, it's been fucking Pitchfork. So it's been basically the most like telling yourself article that I've seen come down the pipeline in a minute. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, I, I, actually, I read the article. Matthew James Wilson is the, is the author. Um, and, you know, look, like the... Look, you and I, we've been in this 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 music shit for a while. We've been in the indie black indie music shit for a while and like none of this is new, right? Like this is, you know, all like relevant things. I think the article was really well written and brought up like a lot of really interesting points. Um, you know, even like the points of when you're a quote in, quote unquote quote unquote indie artist, you you're supposed to slum it, right? And it's harder to do that as a black person. Um, like as opposed to a white person that might have some family money or some equity in the house or something like that, right? Like it, it, it brought up a lot of really interesting points, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, you, you got to kind of look in the mirror and, you know, the whole kind of indie aesthetic, which is when, when you think of quote unquote indie, you think of white males or white females or like white people in general, that has been been perpetuated by Pitchfork, right? Uh, to the point where you know Pitchfork sometimes they'll they'll uh, you know review like black indie artists, but for the most part, if you're black, you're probably like hip hop and R and B, and you're probably a little bit, a little bit more mainstream for Pitchfork to like really like catch your attention, uh, as opposed to when um, Pitchfork will always champion these like indie white like artists who have like a hundred like streams right oh, you yeah. know it's 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 it's, it's, it's like basically for during pitchfork's heyday it was basically a whole bunch of white indie artists and kanye you know yeah. as of late they've kind of improved their hip-hop coverage but that's specifically because of the rise of basically not, not necessarily indie rap but because of you know soundcloud rap and there were a lot of these things happening in the underground space that immediately falls into the you know the mainstream space that they felt like because I know this on the, on the back end they were less like hey editorial wise we have to get we have to hire some hip hop guys which they did and then they promptly fired <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah oh, and and look like I. I you know, I read Pitch, Pitchfork. I know they're they're trying. And you know, their editor in chief is uh, a person of color. Shouts to Pooja. Um, you know, uh, and, and I know that they're 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 putting on. I wouldn't say putting on the front, but like I do think they're 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 trying to change that culture. Uh, but it shouldn't just be on one person, uh, one person of color. 
uh, to change that culture, right? Absolutely. It, to, to do that labor. From, like, yeah. yeah, it's 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 from the bottom up in a lot of ways. Um, and and people forget Pitchfork is Condé Nast. Yes. Right. And like a lot of people don't understand that Pitchfork is owned by Condé Nast, uh, which has been problematic in many, many, many ways um, in 2020. Uh, you know, nonetheless, like Bon Appetit, right? So um, I, I think what a lot of people are saying um, in reaction to this article is just mainly um, cool. You wrote this article, you've, you've highlighted all these issues. That's great. But also, too, what are you going to do, Pitchfork, uh, to really improve your culture and coverage of, of Black and the artists? Um, and, and what are you going to do today, right? And I, I think, like, that that statement was kind of missing from the article. And, you know, there's a lot of people who called it out, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, like, it, it's 2020. You need receipts. Like, you oh, can't yeah. just say, like, I'm for this thing without, like, actually doing the things, right? Yeah. So um, we're waiting for the receipts, Pitchfork. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I thought one of the most, most poignant one was the fact of where I know Clipping kind of gave a couple of jabs at them, and they were basically like, hey, but this is a black writer. How come I don't see any articles besides this about what he wrote? You know, why is he not reviewing? And then um, there's another record label, because around the black box era, when we always dis- rediscovered racism, I remember there's a record label called Don Giovanni, out of New Jersey, um, you know, taught by white folks, you know, have to put it out there, but it been pretty much like woke before it was woke. Because I remember very early on, like let's say when you know, like like the George Floyd protests, people were talking, and they were just like, I think it was when the, the blackouts, when everybody's going to supposedly like sign off, and they were basically like, look, until we see, you know, as as a, basically as a bunch of bunch of white folks, we're going to really feel comfortable with, with a whole bunch of other white folks doing this, and it needs to be better activism. And what I thought was very poignant was, you know, right around the black box era, they kind of pointed out why kind of India is kind of so white. And it makes sense because ultimately, like whiteness, whiteness kind of is a, is a self-propagating fucking system where if you're in the in club, your job is to keep everybody in the in club. So basically, they had like a long through the thread where it's basically like, look, you know, your managers, your PR people you know, the people who run the record label, the people who are the editors at these websites and the artists themselves all basically go to the same fucking schools. Like they're all yeah. friends. So, yeah. and it's the idea of where, like, and like any other kind of ecosystem where you think about it, like the arts where it should be merit and it should be so-and-so and there's this guy out there playing with kazoo and he writes these fucking symphonies and he's just mind-blowing, he's a genius. And it's not the case. For the most part, these guys are in the job of, and sadly enough, particularly in 2020, we see how the world's going, it's content. So it's just like, you know, if I know Brad and I'm a writer and Brad's like, I got these five white guy artists and Brad gives me all the information for these five guy artists, I write up these five white guy artists who I give it to my editor who puts on the website because he knows me and now these five white guy artists get props, which goes back to those five white artists getting famous, which goes back to me getting the scoop for those same five white guy artists. And this is a fucking endless loop. It's fucked up. And it's, and it's the idea of where... You'd hope that in an industry where, you know, definitely on the artistic side, there's creativity, but it's also writing. Like, it's not like it's some shit where it's just like, you know, there's there's still an aspect here where it's not just, 
you know, MP3s being uploaded into the net. You know, I remember like going back to the idea of Pitchfork. Pitchfork made waves early on, less about their reviews, but more about their snarky assholeness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And in itself, it's kind of a weird way of creative writing. You know, they weren't just like, oh, you know, you know, love Prince, hate fucking MC Hammer. It was very much like, you know, a, a, you know, Kid A article that was 80 pages that had nothing about Kid A. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. how they made that kind of cloth. And it's kind of depressing where you've got this medium where. You know, like the idea of the rock journalist following around, writing his impressions, giving the review for the music. You know, these guys on stage, you know, do, doing these guys. And actually, sadly enough, again, back to sexism, mostly guys, but should be guys and girls on stage making this art. You know, everything should be kind of this thing of where it should be merit-based system. But like a lot of things, it's not. It's just who you know. And unfortunately, it's it's all boys club. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, like... I worked in the industry for a few years and just kind of seeing that like play out, which is really interesting. It's, it's very much like, you know, like I said, you know, there's people out there who are, they probably agree that black lives matter. Right. But they also want to save their jobs. They also want to keep their like connections. They want to keep their like Soho house pass. (laughs) (laughs) And things like that, man. (laughs) And then, like, what happens is it just, like, you know, you, you put these blinders on and you just kind of, like, you're like, oh, well, like, these are hot and it's co-signed by this person and it's co-signed by this person from in this indie label and, like, that indie label. And maybe it's co-signed by, like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, like like MGMT or something, you know, like something like that, right? And, like, that's just how you operate. And, you know, I, and I think just 2020 is telling us you can't you can't operate that, that way anymore, especially if you want to come out and say that you believe that Black Lives Matter uh, and that you believe that, you know, that you're not racist. Um, this is a whole anti-racist movement. It's like, cool, you're you're saying you're not racist. What are you doing? Right. And I, and I feel like we're, we're still waiting for Pitchfork to say that um, shouldn't be all on Pooja, uh, <laughs> you know, shouldn't be all on like any person of color. Who works at that at that establishment? Yeah. Uh, it should be on everybody uh, to to continue to lift uh, some of these artists up. Um, yeah, and and, 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 and I'll, I'll even say this: it wasn't on Pooja's watch. It was all, you know the infamous Ryan Treber before. You know, the yeah, yeah, yeah. was kind of a, it's it was during all those years. It was a you know a, 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 it was a boys' club. It was the idea of where you know to get an article. You know, this 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 review will either make or break your band. You know, during those years, and like I said, it's it's. And it's very yeah. easy. Yeah, it's and it's fucked up. It is very easy to be like, and I'm pretty sure none of them are racist, quote unquote. Well, you know? but, but I mean, but that whole like like aesthetic is so white male, oh. like you oh. know, like power. Like we have the power. We're on the ivory tower. We're doing this thing, like this thing. We might let you in, but it's up to us to make that determination. Yeah, you know, like that whole aesthetic is <laughs> it's messed uh, up, and it sucks. <laughs> it, it's what's, what's what I hate about it is the idea of where, and again, they were they were they and I, I'm like here they lucked out where it happened to be a very fruitful resurgence in indie rock in experimental music, but like 
a lot of shit was happening they missed out on and the idea is that really can't keep you going which is why towards the end they added more hip hop and it's like you know they, they were there where you know the Strokes picked up the guitars <laughs> you know Radiohead was dropping the defining albums you know the, the money was flowing from fucking Red Bull and the cover parties were crazy and he had all these acts coming from left field and right field and it's great you know I'm not gonna diss Pitchfork I, I read Pitchfork I read Pitchfork in that very white era but at the same time you know it just can't all be TV on the radio <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah. So I, so I mean, I, I, I hope at some point, pitch, you know, Pitchfork will actually read the article that they published. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear something funny though, Shamir, because um, he was the artist they used as an example. He kind of said, "Yeah, we, we, we intentionally subtweeted them. Actually, like, a, like we knew what we were doing." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and, and I mean, look, look, I look, look at me. We both reach repitch fork, but you gotta do better, um, and you gotta like be open and honest, and you gotta show us that you're doing better, um, and that's 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 all we want. So yeah, I do um, know that they've done a really good job of kind of going back and reviewing like classics, um, and then like like I know like Prince had a reissue, but even beyond the reissues, and I know they kind of dip back for some older black music. Um, I think Beverly Copeland had an album, like an old album they kind of reviewed. I think they probably should do that, honestly, for like, like it'd be nice if like Jay Davey got a shout out, you know what I'm saying? Or Sarah, or like a lot of you that, know, the music they kind of missed in that era too. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to see if they still have that, like, was it like that 0.5 review for black kids? Oh no, they re, uh, did they, did they re, uh, remember when they, uh, the black kids, they gave yeah. like the, them like a 0.5? Yeah, no, they, 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 they. They literally, it, I feel like, and didn't they have a, I know somebody had an article about how they ruined their career. Like, it's fucked up where not only do we kill you, we write an article about how we killed you after the fact. Yeah, so it went up to a 3.3, and then um, their follow-up uh, EP uh, now has an 8.4. Oh. Which is oh, really, which suspects. is really interesting, which is yeah. really interesting. Um. So yeah, no, it's it, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I, I <laughs> and that's and that's like they were called out for that, like seriously, you know, they're they called out for, and I think that's a, that's a problem. Like there during that time of Pitchfork, there wasn't like editorial control, and definitely weren't people of color saying like, "Yo, like this is not a good look." Um. And, you know, you just had, like, a dude that would, like, get up on the wrong side of the bed one day and just, like, you know, ruin somebody's career and dead their album, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I had um, coke the night before. It's like, I had a lot of, too many drugs, still hungover. Yeah. Fuck the black kids. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's really interesting that, the, that, the, that they're doing that. So, uh, we'll, we'll see, Pitchfork. We'll, we'll see. We'll hold you accountable. Oh, we have more hate in our blood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, speaking of music industry fuckery, um, uh, so I, I, I want, type. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I want to bring this up. Uh, so Logic called out his label, uh, this past week on Instagram. Essentially he said, you know, he had on his last album, he had a few different contributors on both the production team and also some features and Anybody like most of those people who worked on his last album did not get paid, and essentially Def Jam apparently gave him money for the album, and 
I don't know how the checks and the contracts were cut, but Def Jam was supposed to pay the, these people, uh, and these people have not gotten their checks. And obviously, these people are probably, you know, like if, if you're a performing artist, you're not touring, you're not working, and they're calling Logic and like saying, like, yo, where's the money at? Right. Um, and Logic is just kind of like, you know, calling Def Jam out, like, completely, like, yo, like, give me, you know, like, you know, you have this responsibility to these artists on my album. On my album. Um, and, you know, I think it's when, you know, we've seen Kanye post his, like, uh, his Universal contract. Was it Universal? Or, like, wherever, you know, was it Def Jam? It might have been Def Jam. I forgot what Kanye's signed to. Yeah. Um, but Kanye, uh, like, posted his whole record label contract uh, on online and things like that. And we all know record labels are shady. And, you know, this is just, you know, I just validating that. But I think the most interesting thing is um, both on Twitter and on Reddit, um, there's a lot of people talking about uh, unionization in the music industry. And it's Black like nothing. In the air. <laughs> yeah, which is like something that, like, I'm actually surprised has not happened. Because I know, like... Like, in the movie industry, you have different unions. You have, like, the Screen screen Actors Guild, and you have, like, you know, like, a bunch of different unions. But nothing like that really exists in the music industry. And I think, you know, it's it's way overdue. And I'm, I'm kind of glad people are talking about it, so... Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 I thought it was kind of curious. And I thought, I thought like, you know, again, it's 2020, you can't just like do shit anymore and hide in the shadows. Like yeah. people don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm not surprised that Logic like called, called Def Jam out and basically kind of threatened that he will pull uh, a Frank Ocean on them and like record an album just to get out of the contract. Um, but I think like the whole unionization thing is pretty interesting um, and I, I kind of have a feeling that's going to get traction, especially now when you, you have music venues shut and like people are not really getting uh, avenues to uh, like create revenue and create substance, you know. So yeah, no, yeah. it's it's long overdue, and it's the idea of where I, I think is and as consumers, you know, when we get an album, it's got somebody's name on it, you know, or a band on it. You open it up, it shows you like you know the band is or the artist is, and you list the names out, and that's about it. But, you know, you look a, a step below that and there's like 20 motherfuckers there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like if like even like a like a like a genius like Prince, you know, who plays all his instruments. Somebody's got to plug in the fucking somebody's got to be the engineer to get yelled at at two in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You know, when somebody decides to have a rapper decides to have a random flute solo, somebody's a flutist. And, you know, these people are kind of used to kind of getting paid and they're supposed to get paid because like and I think a lot to kind of put it out in, in the thing is like. This is kind of in my album budget. Like you guys said, I had a budget for X, Y, Z. You know, I bought these people knowing that the budget was within X, Y, Z. And as a result, they should have got paid from X, Y, Z. And what's kind of depressing is, you know, at least Logic can kind of go on fucking, you know, in social media and complain. And people will barrage his fucking record label with fucking ads. But like, if like, I'm like some dude who got called up because I know how to play guitar, you know, this is how I make my living. And they were like, yeah, play these four or five chords. You know, I kind of need that check and I kind of expect that.
gut check. It's 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 a very much like it's not like some shit where I'm about to tour. It's like you know like anything else. I I show up for your house. I do your plumbing. <laughs> you pay me for said plumbing, and I go about my way. So I could kind of see how those people were very frustrated because these are people who aren't making millions of dollars. These are people who are, are who are making like like regular people money. You know, they just happen to be able to kind of do it in the music industry. These aren't people who aren't flying around in jet planes. You know, these are the people who kind of like I mean, this is a bad allegory. Who fuel those jet planes? You know what I'm saying? They're where they are in the ecosystem. They're very vulnerable, and it's really fucked up to not give them that money. And I think the unionization is the way to go. Like you know, for us to see a live act, it's like a whole bunch of guys carrying cables. It's it's, it's a tour. It's people who are touring. It's people who work in lighting effects. It's people who are setting up those lighting effects. You know, like in the studio. You know, even like a radio head. You know, when they have horns on the fucking track. You know, Tom York is up pulling out the fucking the trombone. He's hiring some dudes to go out there and pay for it. Play it for him. Play those notes. And 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 ideally the record label should pay those people. Like it's gotta be those protections because, you know, it's a lot easy to kinda I won't say easy. It sucks all around. Res music industry is shady. We all know that. But at least if you're a major artist, there is some recourse. You do have access to some capital. If you're just a dude who just wants to, you know, if you're just a, a classically trained musician, what do you do? You're just fucked. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. why that's why you kind of need like unionization because these people, you know, for one, for for one, like you know, for like one Britney Spears, there's like a hundred motherfuckers right under them that are in charge of making sure she is what she is. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and, and the sad thing is, you know, um, there's a lot of times where. You're not even called up to play on the album. You're just like hanging around in the studio, right? Like, yeah. you're just like, yo, like, let me just add this guitar riff, or yo, let me just like add this verse, and like, you know, like you're you like that riff or that verse gets into like the final, like final product, and that final product makes you know millions of dollars, and you're just kind of like sitting there, right? Like, you know, it's it's, it's a it's it's so informal sometimes, right? Like. When you say I want to add this verse, you're not thinking about your contracts or your lawyers or your like, <laughs> you know, all that, all that thing, you know, yeah. and, and you just see, like, you just see people kind of get taken advantage of. So, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like this is going to ha have to happen. I, I, I feel like the whole music industry is upended this year. And now they're saying, you know, like, we're basically saying, like, 2021 there's not going to be any live concerts there's not going to be any festivals there's not going to be anything so this is going to be the time where the entire music industry has to reinvent itself and we can't just reinvent it like the music industry on the same paradigms yeah. <laughs> that existed for the past 50 years um this is the opportunity for us to remake the music industry so yeah no i'm i'm, I'm happy that there's a, a unionization talk that's happening um because i i feel like it, it's it's long overdue you know yeah. it's, it's definitely long overdue and you know it's like like again like you you can't get away with the shit in 2020 <laughs> like yeah, why I'm try <laughs> <laughs> We're holding your mentions hostage. You know what I'm saying? You out here doing some shady shit, it's going to be all fucked up. We're going to stick black Twitter on you. <laughs> Calling it moms. You know what I'm saying? We got investigators out here. Show up to your place of employment, doggy. Throwing well, toilet paper over your house. But, I, you know, I, and, and a final thing. Like, you know, things that I think were sacred, right? Like, a music contract was always, like, a sacred thing, right? Like, a music contract was, like, is you know a contract and like you never like and and Kanye just like posted on IG right or on on Twitter right things that like were sacred like these people who are in power kind of like hold like dear like we're breaking all that down too 
you know. Yeah, so no. it's again, the end of the world, like, baby. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? You know. So anyway, but uh, yeah. So let's let's, let's go on to new musica. Uh, my first is gonna be a little bit before I forget. A little bit of love. A little bit of hate. Um, Adult Swim, the the, the pothead TV channel. <laughs> They've done a really good arts. I mean, I mean, really good like history over the years, actually, of kind of supporting different kinds of um, artistic endeavors, particularly in music. Like um, Adult Swim is basically what kind of funded the first Run the Jewels album. Adult Swim did a lot of, I know, a lot of early Danger Mouse shit. A lot of the LA beat scene dudes would get fucking money from Adult Swim just to play like music. Brain, brain feeder. Brain like, feeder. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, during that time, for the past like probably oh maybe even two decades, but definitely over the last. 10 years or so, they've had like a lot of little projects. Like I mentioned, Run, Run the Jewels. They had Danger Mouse with um, Doom and fucking um, Danger Doom. With Danger Mouse and Doom. And the thing is, they've always had a really good ear for music and a really good ear for talent as far as putting people into a room and, and funding them, basically. Because I remember a band, talking, a band talking about, hey, you know, I won't say a huge bag, but, you know, Adult Swim came out and, you know, gave them a little bag and it was kind of cool. And that's why the album's on, you know, that song happened to be in one of the compilations. So the positive is that it came out, you know, since jazz is all the new thing, you know, post, you know, after Kendrick Lamar discovered jazz, (laughs) (laughs) you know, five years ago. And then uh, so basically they have a jazz compilation album with like Sons of Kemet. It's got a Michaela McRaven. It's got Christian Scott. It's 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 dope now. And I'm assuming going back to maybe possibly record label fuckeries. I remember back in the days with like Danger Doom, you could actually download the album. I remember a little bit later on, it became more, I had to listen to it on Spotify. This thing, unfortunately, is locked behind probably the worst <laughs> web browser I've ever seen, where it's like pretty much unplayable on iOS, kind of playable on your computer if you kind of go at it for a little bit. Um, so like, I guess it's a little bit of hate, but overall, I don't know if you're at work, if your laptop's gonna be open for a couple of, you know, for an hour or so, it's really, really worth a listen. What I liked about it is the fact of where, going back to the idea of their roots with like Brain Feeder and they're basically supporting a lot of like beat maker type hip hop, you know, electronic music. It's it's very kind of, uh, the point to it is very much like, I won't say avant-garde, but you know, they've got some dudes who are, there's definitely some program drums in there. You know, it's definitely some free jazz songs in there. It's a lot more experimental than you would expect. Like, I expected it to be some shit where it's going to be just basically Kamazi watching the tracks for an hour mm. and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, they yeah. actually kind of put their foot into it where it's a lot of weird off-kilter shit. And which is good because that's what you kind of expect from fucking a little swim. But, um, and it's really great listen. Like I said, it's, it's just kind of locked behind a really unfortunately obtuse, you know, fucking UI. But if you're bored, if you got a little bit of time, if if the gods, if the HTML gods <laughs> align themselves correctly, you know, it's basically, you know, www.adultswim.com slash new jazz is really good. I realize it's the first HTML I've ever said aloud in a fucking podcast. I feel like I should get some fucking trouble for that. <laughs> that was really good. It's just, it's, it's, you know, we got y'all. But um, yeah, so that that's that's one of the albums I've been trying to listen to this past week. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, I, you know, Adult Swim has always been, it, it's it's really funny. Like, I remember, like, the Scion compilations back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and Adult Swim is up there. It's just like, you know, there's some brands that just, like, really understand music and just, like, really understand the culture and will put out something that maybe 
like 90% of their listeners might not get, but like they know that the 10% are the people who are going to rock with it. And the adult swim has always been that. Um, yeah, really sad to see that, um, you know, like, like it's locked behind this like firewall of whatever. But I, I remember like, um, like they were doing something, they were releasing like free episodes of some show I want to watch. It was the same thing. Like you, like it's locked behind a firewall. You couldn't like use YouTube to watch it. It was some like proprietary video player. Yeah. And like it didn't work on half the, half the machines. Um, it's I don't know like like I the, I'm sure like the people who put the compilation together didn't decide how to release it you know it's probably like some like label person or some lawyer saying like you can't do it this way but um, but now it's on my radar so I'm gonna definitely definitely check it out um, definitely check it out um, and then like the only thing I've been listening to because it's been a crazy week uh, I was telling Reg before the before I listened uh, before he started recording the podcast that. I've just been immersed in politics and it's causing me not to sleep and or eat correctly. <laughs> um, so I haven't really been listening to a lot of music, but uh, I did want to um, like just lift up the, the, the 2011 subtract album uh, self-titled. Um, so this came out yeah, 2011. It was like, that was a really interesting time for music because it's like the post um, kind of like, I would say like, like the 2000s were like that pop, like even like, you know, having like 50 Cent and Lil Wayne dropping like what I would consider like pop albums, right? Like very kind of bubblegum over the top pop albums. And then 2010, 2011, you had like Frank Ocean, The Weeknd, you had like all of these kind of like really avant-garde albums like in playing with like R&B, playing with electronic, playing with like all of these moods. And, you know, 2011, Subtrack, this Subtrack album drops, and you know, it, it kind of was in the same vein, right? So, um, lots of, like, really interesting electronic music, but in a way that I feel like is, you know, not like, it's not house, you know? Like, there might be some, like, two steps and things like that, but it's not like, like, you know, like, super crazy, like, you know, like, melodic house um, but it's not like two step. It's not like whatever. It's like it, it had its own like genre, um, and you know you had like Sampha, um, who went to went on to become like Drake's like <laughs> Drake, <laughs> you know Muse. Drake Muse and and, and uh, Solange's Muse, you know, um, and you know you had like uh, Yukimi from Little Dragon. You had Jesse Ware. You had a couple you know other like cats there that are just really. Um, I've gone on to do some some really amazing things, and you know, like it's it, you know the album's almost ten years old. The culture has changed a little bit, but it still knocks, you know, and and, and it has like hits. And when I say hits in parentheses just because, like, if you're in Brooklyn, <laughs> if you're in LA, <laughs> if you're in the certain circles, Wildfire is like like people like the club will go crazy on Wildfire, yeah. you know, like that first baseline, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has hits like that, you know, um, like hold on, like things like that. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a dope album and I'm glad I revisited it. And, you know, um, yeah, it's crazy that, um, next summer I'll be 10 years old. Um, Whew. you know, just it, time, time flies <laughs> in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true that, true that. And, uh, I think that's about it for us. Like we said, 
if you guys are out there, if you guys are real patriots, if you guys care about this country, you will give to the president through our fundraiser. You know what I'm saying? We've got all types. You know what I'm saying? We've got all things. You know what I'm saying? If you believe in capitalism, use some of that capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and we promise almost none of the proceeds will actually go to the president himself. Almost none. <laughs> we'll pay off the taxes, and that's about it. And maybe if we get rich enough, we won't even have to pay the taxes. So none Dude, might go to the president. This might be fucking I, fantastic. We might have know, a like, beautiful grift. I, I'm 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 here for it. Like we yeah. get like a little super pack going. Like yeah. oh yeah, big dreams. Yeah. Yeah, Jay Z bars, baby. Super packs. You know what I'm saying? Mean, look, look. You know it's funny too because like Jay Z may be at the at the at the release party because you know I don't know I don't know where where on the line Jay Z is anymore. <laughs> you know, like now he has a. <laughs> Now, now that he's a billionaire, like I don't know where he is right now. He's like pro NFL, you know. So you you might get Jay Z uh, at the release party. I think it's I think all his bad moves are when Beyonce goes on tour. Like like she just disappears for like three or four weeks, and she comes back. He's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And he's just like, "Yo." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Kanye, Jay Z, Daniel Caesar, Chrisette Michelle, like again, like this is not a bad lineup. This look, is not a bad lineup. Look, it's gonna be. <laughs> well, we're, we're gonna look. We're, we're gonna do it somewhere country. You know what I'm saying? We'll charge mad money for the tickets. All the white kids. The oh, the Hamptons. We're gonna have the guy, the DJ Soul, the, the DJ Goldman Sachs. The Yo, fucking CEO. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. it's gonna be oh, I. I am up for this party, unironically. Dude, like, look, I, I, all I gotta say, it, it's, it's a fucking pandemic, <laughs> so why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh man! Uh, but as usual, um, besides one person out there, one specific person out there, y'all stay healthy, y'all stay safe, y'all protect each other, and we love y'all. Peace. Yeah. Peace. <laughs>